All right, here we go. Thanks for joining me on Profit with a Plan podcast. This is where you can get some great ideas to create your most profitable small business. Just so you know, financial planning isn't only for those that have a lot of money or run big companies. A workable financial plan is for us everyday small business owners and professionals that want to make great financial decisions that lead to bigger profits. So join me, Marcia Reiner, your financial business strategist, fractional CFO, and certified financial planner each Tuesday for some smart ideas that can add more profits to your bottom line. I help business owners grow their profits fast using unique ways of growing income and spending strategically so they can produce bigger profits without killing themselves or constantly chasing clients. If you're curious, let's chat. So today, I'm super excited to have my friend and attorney, Lee Goldberg, uh, here to talk about the new employee versus 1099 contractor laws. Lee is a transactional business attorney that has been practicing in Southern California for only 33 years. So he had to have been like, you know, five years old when he started. So Lee has extensive experience in negotiating and documenting sophisticated real estate, finance, intellectual property, corporate structuring, M&A, and many other business transactions. Currently, uh, the majority of uh, Lee's practice consists of acting outside as outside general counsel to numerous companies across broad spectrum, spectrum of industries and handling all legal aspects of his client's business, including structuring, contracting, labor, and employment issues, client contract manners, trade suppliers, uh, statutory and corporate compliance, and insurance contracts and claims, along with dispute resolutions, which is basically litigation. So, wow, Lee, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Marcia. Glad to be here. Yeah, so um, we have had this conversation several times, and actually, Satya and I spoke about you last week on the podcast because I knew you were coming on. There are so many questions and, and the small business owners have about the new laws that say you're either an employee or you're a 1099 contractor. You want to kind of go over high level what that means right now? Yes, uh, sure, Marcia. What, what that really means right now and the way the law is structured right now is everybody that a business hires is an employee unless the business can prove a few things. Um, and those, the, the, the big change in the law is the employer has to show this. Before, the employer could give a, a, a written contract that showed a few things, and all of a sudden, uh, the EDD, FTB, or the Labor Department would throw their hands up and say, okay, you showed you had an independent contractor. Now it's not so easy. Now there are specific terms and specific elements you must meet. And uh, if you don't, in fact, meet those elements in a written contract, uh, you will fail to have a, uh, an independent contractor and you will have an employee with all that means under the labor code. Yeah, and that, that's, um, that's pretty important because we get away with, um, for so many years, and, and first of all, is this a California state law or is this a U.S. directed law? Sure, this is a California state law. Uh, it, it is new. It represents a change uh, in the law that has been in place for 30 years in this state. 
Uh, however, uh, there are eight different states currently talking about enacting this law because, number one, it gives the state more control over the workers in its jurisdiction when they're employees rather than 1099 contractors. And number two, it gives the state a whole lot more revenue uh, collecting in the employment taxes. So, uh, yeah, uh, states are moving toward this. Uh, it, is, it is not an aberration, and it is something that uh, employers will have to learn to deal with. Yeah. Well, also as general contractors, so I'm a consultant, but I consult for multiple companies. So I think um, with our investigation, I should be safe for the moment. But I'm thinking that a lot of um, a lot of small businesses have gotten a, around hiring employees. And so they didn't have to pay those taxes, but they really were employees or, or they, they hired salespeople and let them be 1099 when they really weren't 1099. They were employees. So um, I know that, that this law has been really scary for me and the clients that I consult, making sure that they're protecting themselves because I know things will come back and bite us in the behind sooner or later. Can you tell us about um, what the real clear answer is in are you an employee or are you a contractor? Wow, that is the $100 million question. <laughs> Uh, you know, when I first started practicing law, it was the $25,000 question. So that tells you how things have progressed. Um, Love it. Actually, um, it, 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 that would have been a very, very poignant and appropriate question under the old law. Because under the old law, you could essentially give a very similar independent contractor contract uh, for every different job, for every different company, and it would work. Mm-hmm. Now, everything has to be analyzed on a case-by-case basis. And when I say a case-by-case basis, what I really mean is not a company-by-company basis, but even for the same company on a contractor-by-contractor basis. Now, why is that? Basically, that is because the old law for 30 years focused on what I happen to believe was the correct thing to focus on. It focused on the actual relationship between the hiring party and the contractor or the employee, right? So if you had a relationship where the employer or the hiring party was telling you when to come in, how to do your work, dictated your prices, and did all of those things that looked like an employee, you were an employee. It didn't matter what Mm. your contract said, you were an employee. However, if you had a contract that showed the relationship was such that the services were independent, that they were um, uh, of such a nature that uh, it was typical for one business to give to another business, excuse me, then you had an independent contractor. Now the focus, unfortunately, is no longer on that relationship. The focus now is on what the independent contractor is bringing to that hiring party. To give you an example, one of the three, we talk about the three-pronged test, right, or the ABC test, which is the big nomenclature these days. But honestly, it's a three-pronged test like we've always had 
three-prong or five-prong or eight-prong tests in the law for time immemorial, okay? It's the same thing. And the three prongs you have to satisfy on the basic level of the test is number one, and what, what absolutely identifies an independent contractor is they have independence and lack of control in the services that they render. You mentioned yourself, Marcia. You're an outside independent 1099 contractor. None of your clients tell you how to render your services. None of your clients tell you what hours to work. None of your clients tell you how those services should be provided and in what manner you're provided. You're a professional. That's prong one of the test. And that's prong one that everybody has to satisfy under that ABC test. But the ABC test has three prongs, Marcia. Then the hardest prong is prong B. And that is that the services are not, and I'm going to say it, that's not code language. I'm just going to say it the way we all understand it. Okay. Thank you. It's not the core of your business. It's not what your business is all about. Again, Marcia, as we analyze your services, we look at your services as administrative. They're financial. They help, they consult with the business and help the business decide administratively how it's going to proceed, how you're going to go down the road having a business. It can be uh, used across many different businesses. It doesn't matter what business it is, right? That would satisfy the test. However, if what you did was consult for a company and your services were the actual services that the company were charging for, Mm. you're actually delivering the services that the company is delivering to the client. In that circumstance, you absolutely fail that prong of the test. All right? I see how that one is the the core. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I can see how that one is the real challenge when you've got somebody working for you or through you to provide your services. That's, that's, that's a good one. That's Please a big continue. part of the text for service industries and consultants. Um, there are things we can do, and there's lots of things we can do. I have restructured a number of my consulting client companies. However, I'll get to the third prong of the test, and that is, again, I'll take a look at your business The third prong of the test is that you offer these services that you're offering for this hiring company, this hiring party, you offer those services to other people, the similar services, because it's your business, it's your profession, all right? You satisfy the third prong of the test. And here's the important thing. If you don't satisfy all three prongs of the test, if you fail even one, you have an employee. Mm. Unless, of course, you satisfy, again, one of the myriad of exceptions that we have to this law, and those are all occupation-based. So, and, and there's a myriad of them. I think there's 33, 34 of them, each with their own requirements and their own indicia. Just to give you an example, this law is one page of law and 12 pages of exception. that's why i'm not a lawyer (laughs) well it is the the attorney full employment statute i got to admit (laughs) wow wow so um what happens uh if if 
a company is chuggling along and they're, they're, do, they're doing their business and they're not fully aware of this law or not acting, unknowingly acting um, as 1099s when they should be employer, employees. What happens to those kind of uh, situations? Well, for the most part, for the most part, smaller businesses for now, for now, are going to skate by for a little while. Okay. Okay. I, I will tell you that the state has their hands full with the, the Ubers and the Postmates and the Lyfts and the Grubhubs. Um, and frankly, essentially all of Silicon Valley that oh. works on an independent contractor basis. All of those professionals, I don't want to say all, a substantial part of those professionals, those coders, those, those uh, debuggers, um, those, those guys and gals are normally 1099. So all of those things are, 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 are going to be addressed first. I kind of imagine that the, that the state will also address um, issues where y- you have a substantial gross revenue and an overwhelming percentage of your costs or expenses are to 1099 contractors. Um, I, I got to believe that they're going to look at that. Um, people who have onesie, twosie, 1099 contractors don't pay much out to 1099 contractors or charitable organizations that have their 1099 contractors. Um, those are the types of people that I believe will get some time and get some consideration. It okay. is the small businesses that will be whipsawed in the middle. Mm. Uh, and mm. as we always do. Right. The, yeah. The, the ones that are suffering right now with everything going on. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Okay. So um, what is, what's, the, what's the next step that, that someone should do to start to evaluate the, their situation in their company? You know, that's, that's the pinnacle question uh, that needs to be asked that someone that the prudent business person asks. Um, I, I have a very, very strong belief after 33 years as outside general counsel, I've seen a lot of things happen out there. And I will tell you the one problem, we all face problems. I mean, what is business but solving problems every single day? That's what mm-hmm. it is. Um, but what is the one problem that becomes the existential challenge to your business? Well, in 33 years, I've seen it be the same thing across every single industry. And what that is, is the problem that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. It's the one you don't prepare for that becomes the existential threat, that the threat that will make it a challenge for your business to survive. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the one that hits you on the back of the head. So what you raised, Marcia, is actually the absolute right question. You, if you are paying 1099 contractors any significant amounts of money, all right, and you have to determine what's significant to you, I will give you an example in a moment. But if you're paying independent contractors any significant amounts of money, you have to understand whether or not you're in compliance, and you have to weigh the cost of your compliance with your potential exposure. This hmm. is business, Marcia. You and I both know there's no crying in business. 
right? No, there's, no. There's, there's no emotion in business, right? No. It's, it's all about making a business choice and a business decision. And if your business, what you cannot do is close your eyes, stick your head in the sand, and, and wait for them to get you, because here's the example that I'm going to give you. This is Lee's rule of thumb. If you are out of compliance, all right, if you are out of compliance, my experience, by the way, there have been challenges to the 1099 contract or employee relationship from uh, the EDD, the FDB, the Labor Department for time immemorial. I, I, I mean, it, I have handled these for 30 years, so it's been before this new law, all right, and I will tell you what happens in these types of things. If you are caught, <clears throat> you will get a bill, typically from the state first, but you will get a bill for about 50% of what you pay, 50 to 60, depending upon certain things, of what you paid or what you paid to your contractors or your improperly classified contractors. So mm -hmm. if you paid $100,000 over years to improperly classified contractors, you'll get a bill of about $50,000 consisting of the withholding, the interest on the withholding, the 30% penalty on not paying the withholding over, the, the, uh, the employment taxes you didn't play, pay, the interest and the penalty on the employment taxes you didn't pay. And, oh, by the way, that withholding portion, which is about 70% of that bill, is, is personal to the responsible party in that company, meaning you could bankrupt you. the company. They're coming after you personally. All wow. Right, for that. Yeah, well, and that's, just, that's and a risk. Think, that's a big you, risk. You could have had, you, if you, your employee could have paid for part of those taxes if you had done it right in the first place. And that's what the employee or the 1099 is trying to avoid so they can, um, in, in all actuality, write off a bunch of their work as an independent contractor and, and be a business of their own when they're really truly not. So that cost, um, that the employer or personally employer, um, is penalized with, they could have shared that cost with the, with the employee had they done it correctly. So now it's all on the weight of the employer. So that's, um, that's not a that's not a nice number. <laughs> no, it's and, and, it, and the number gets even worse when you think about the fact that they will go back four years. So if they don't catch you for four years, don't think that that's a panacea. Because if they catch you in the fourth, fifth, or sixth year and go four years back, and you've paid a hundred thousand a year, well, yeah. that's fifty percent of four hundred now, and you will get a bill for two hundred when you include the feds coming after you. Because when it's all said and done and settled, they went the their state, too. then you get a little me too bill from the feds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So Lee, how long has this law been in existence? This, this new variation of the law? Well, um, that's, wow. You're all full of good questions today because these are all issues that, that the general public doesn't really grasp. The, the, the statutory edification of this law, Labor Code Section 2750.3, was signed last September by Gavin Newsom, and it was enacted to start, and it did start, January 1st, 2020. But understand something, the law that actually changed all of this 
the law that that the statutes just simply codifies and adds exceptions to came into effect um, with the Dynamex case that was a California Supreme Court ruling all the way back in April of 2018. So this Mm. law has been in effect for more than a year and a half now. People, again, stuck their heads in the sand until the statute was enacted. And here's another thing that people started noticing. The state of California sent out preemptive notices to people. Ah. And some people got some people didn't. But but they they sent sent it out. out. And as far as they're concerned, you got notice on it and you got to deal with it, right? Oh, if you got notice, you better put your house in order. That's my best advice for you. I love it. I love it. This has been such valuable information for every single small business owner out there that is more than just themselves and and even even themselves. So if I'm the small business owner, I can't be a 1099 employee of my own. I have to be an employee. So there could be different taxes. Is that true? Um, that, I mean, I, that's a very complex issue. All right. If you're a sole proprietor, it's your money. No big deal. You don't have to be an employee okay. of your own company. Okay. If you are an S corporation or you have an LLC, you and your co-owners, whether they be shareholders or whether they be co-members, you can take your quote unquote salary as a distribution of your interest. You get your K-1s. Again, you're not an employee or an independent contractor. And that's one of the ways we have been creatively uh, dealing with this, creating companies that have um, a a second class of ownership in a pass-through entity for all of the workers. And therefore, they're not being paid either as employees or independent contractors. They're being paid as owners and getting K-1s. So there's a sophisticated way to set that up also. If you have a C corporation, however, yes, ma'am, C corporations mm-hmm. have employees. And to give you an example, even if you have one person in the corporation, in a C corporation, that obviously has to be the president because it has to have a president, the treasurer has to have a treasurer, and the corporate secretary, well, those are all corporate offices. Those all, by definition, are employees. Mm. Well, you have to deal with it in different ways, like entering into a written employment agreement with yourself or with your corporation and deferring your, your uh, salary until you have money to bring salary in. That's acceptable on an exempted employee, which an officer is. So there are lots of ways of addressing these things. I'll, I'll almost guarantee you Um, The job of every one of my clients is to do their business. It's not to know these issues. It's my job and the job of labor law counsel and the job of HR specialists to know these types of things. And if you're not trusting in them, the California labor laws are so uh, complex and there are so many of them. 
In 33 years, I will tell you, I guarantee you, if you don't have professional assistance with respect to your hiring practices, you are in violation of the California labor laws, whether you have one employee or 500 employees. It's just no two ways about it. Well, that is some scary stuff. And honestly, it's stuff that people need to hear. Um, I've said this in the past that, that having legal counsel and understanding and making sure your house is in order and you're protecting yourself, there's a huge risk we take as business owners, which is why we're compensated the way we are and the, why the, the state gives us the deductions we do, because we're taking a risk to help build something. But anytime you do that, you absolutely should have general counsel. You should have someone to advise you. And, and even if you bring on um, and you sit down and you, you pay for a retainer to talk to an attorney once a quarter, please do so. <laughs> Just like accounting, don't do it yourself. Just get with somebody and go, am I doing this right? Because it's so much easier in the business world to have that, that, that pre-work done and rather than um, uh, ask please instead of saying, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. So in the business world, ask please and do it with, with legal counsel. It is so important to have that kind of um, relationship before you get in trouble, right? Absolutely, Marcy. I actually, I could not have said it better. Good, good. So, Lee, how could people get a hold of you if they have questions or would like to talk to you or take up a, take up a conversation? Certainly. Um, I am of counsel at Ford and Dulio. That's D-I-U-L-I-O, P-C in Costa Mesa. Um, you can contact me directly through my email at lgoldberg, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-G, at Ford, as in the car, F-O-R-D, Dulio, D-I-U-L-I-O dot com. Or you certainly can reach me at uh, my, uh, my phone. I will give for your listeners. Uh, I will give myself my business cell phone contact. At Perfect. And we'll go, we'll go ahead and put that in the, in the oh, um, podcast notes. That way, that way people that are driving and listen to this, they can get it. But you know, you are, you are truly uh, a valuable person to have on deck. Um, I've talked to you about several things and you've always given me honest feedback. And I think that this rule here, um, and this, if I'm not correct, is, is AB5, correct? That's correct. You could, we you were, could we refer were, to it as that. We were, we were joking around that it was UB40 for a while yeah, <laughs> with correct. the band. But AB5 is such an invaluable um, understanding that you need to have you need to have the basic understanding on it don't go about this alone talk to an attorney talk to lee um i'm sure he'll uh sit down with you on a consultative basis and and give you the the guidance that you need as a business owner so thank you lee i appreciate you coming on thank you marcia you have a great day and you stay safe and healthy we will. So thanks for listening today. I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will make you more control over your money and more profitable. If you'd like to know specifically how to increase your profits in your business, let's chat. My contact information will be in the podcast description. So I am super excited to talk about my book, Big Profit Secrets Exposed. It's on Amazon and I'm on a speaking tour this year. So I'll be out and about if you know of any place that would like to hear about um, my philosophies and ideas. I'd love to hear about it. You can also come uh, and give us feedback or ask for podcast notes. Hit us up at marcia at bellafinancialgroup.com. 
And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with it. Thanks, Lee. Thank you, Marcia. Bye now.